0: And welcome to episode 32 of Belief in Hockey Prospects. My
1: name is Luke Labrano. And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Thank you for joining us.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We are getting closer and closer to the new year, and the NHL is still hoping to start its new season by January 1st, and that means you still have the chance to place a bet on who you think will win the 2021 Stanley Cup. Whether it's the Colorado Avalanche and their stacked roster, the defending champions in Tampa Bay, or a Hail Mary pick like Detroit, Bet Online has odds on every team so you can win some money while you watch. But whether you're looking to place a bet on the NHL, upcoming games in the NFL, or any other sport, BetOnline has you covered. So head on over to BetOnline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. This is Believe in Hockey Prospects, the show all about discussing the future stars in the game of hockey. We believe in the future. Do you believe? This week we will have the pleasure of speaking with Daily Gazette writer Ken Schott about the current state of the ECAC, But first, we've got some good news and bad news out of the college hockey world, Jess. Let's start with the bad news, and that's all beginning with the 2021 Beanpot Tournament being canceled. This is the first time in Beanpot history that the tournament's not going to take place in its 68-year history, with Harvard's choice to sit out the season as the primary reason for the cancellation. We've also had a number of schools postpone games, and pause hockey activities due to COVID 19. And those schools include Sacred Heart, Mercyhurst, Colorado College, Vermont, New Hampshire, Boston College, and St. Lawrence. Maine has also paused hockey activities, but reasons unrelated to a positive COVID 19 test, per College Hockey News. Now, before we get to the good news, Jess, let's break down what we have in front of us. What are your thoughts on all the delays in the college hockey season?
1: You know, I'm beginning to wonder why are we having a season? Because we'll be talking to Ken about the ECAC being out of just four schools, but other schools are getting affected. I got an email just before we went on the air from the Hockey East talking about how four colleges had their games postponed. We have two games that have been postponed for this weekend for the men's side, two games for the women's side, and then they moved around a different game so they could have it. Is it going to be, you know, the survival of the fittest, or shall we say the survival of the non-COVID? It's a very frustrating time. I feel bad for these student-athletes. Just as much as we feel for the, the, you know, the, the kids and the juniors not knowing when they're going to play, or if they're going to play. Patience is probably the key word here, and I think a lot of people are starting to run out of it.
0: In terms of the bean pot, I respect the hell out of not wanting to have the tournament if not all four teams can play. It would have been so easy to say, all right, well, Harvard's out, and we need a fourth, so let's go grab Amherst. Let's go grab Lowell. But that's sticking to your tradition, man. We're either
1: all in or out. No exceptions. Actually, the contract says they can't do it. They can't bring another team. The Beanpot is Boston-only schools. And so they really couldn't have brought somebody in. I just didn't like the fact that the choice was kind of forced on them by Harvard and and the Ivy League choosing not to play. I would have liked to have seen somebody work with them. You know, let's talk this out. That's a lot of money for those schools that's going to be lost. Because the pot generates money not only for the schools, but for some charities. So it's a sad thing to see it canceled, especially the first time. I guess the fans better get used to seeing these kind of situations happen. I'm
0: looking back at it now. Amherst has filled in
1: for baseball. It's true. They've never filled in for hockey before.
0: They've only had a replacement for baseball one year. So I guess that's where the contract comes into play. You're totally right, Jess. As for the cancellations... I don't think any of these will have a major impact on the season itself. Don't get me wrong, seeing all of these programs shutting down is very disheartening, and there is no telling that this is where they end. Think back to the summer in the MLB. We thought the Marlins would be out of action for a weekend. Then that turned into a week. Then it was the Phillies. Then it was the Cardinals. I only offer that to you, Jess, because we've seen how there can be a domino effect with this kind of stuff. If we're talking Michigan and not Mercyhurst, we could be packing up our bags right now and everyone could be going home. But right now, I don't think there's too much to be worried about. We're still very early in the season. A lot of teams have not played their first game yet. Let's let the programs do the thing. We can towel off and recess in two weeks. I think we're going to be okay at the end of this.
1: I wish I could have had your confidence. The thing that does trouble me, there isn't uniformity. Each league is doing what they think is right for themselves. Arizona State is playing in the Big Ten as somebody to give them a break when it comes to games. I don't think Hockey East knows who's playing who until the last second. We saw that UConn and Massachusetts got moved into tonight and tomorrow to make up for a couple of schools that couldn't make it for this weekend. My fear is we get down to the tournament time, but instead of the team that wins on the ice, it'll be the team that's not COVID-infected that winds up playing. Again, I feel sorry for the players and the fans and, and everybody involved with the programs because, let's be honest, I think at this point in time, we all need some kind of distraction. And hockey is that distraction. Well, it's not all doom and gloom, Jess. We do have some
0: good things to talk about this week. We were lucky enough to get a new ushel poll this past Monday. Some big takeaways. North Dakota has accumulated 39 first-place votes in the poll. Boston College received four, and Minnesota State, Minnesota Duluth, and Michigan all received one. Speaking of Michigan, the Wolverines have gone from number 12 in last week's poll to number 6 this week. Some other big moves in the poll include Minnesota from number 14 to 11, and three unranked teams joining the top 20. Wisconsin makes its first appearance on the poll at 14, Bowling Green at 19, and Boston University at 20. As for the games themselves this week, we've already been lucky enough to see some games as of recording in the big 10 number 11, Minnesota beat number 10, Penn state four to one and number six, Michigan toppled number 14, Wisconsin five to two. As for out of conference action, Michigan State and Arizona State tied with a 1-1 final. And what may be the story of the week, Jess, the LIU Sharks are undefeated in program history, baby. The LIU Sharks took home a 3-2 overtime win against Holy Cross last night. Plenty of more games to catch this weekend. And for all you Hockey East fans, be sure to check out collegesportslive.com where you can stream every Hockey East game this year for free.
1: You also can catch those games if you have CBS All Access or the CBS Sports app, or the NESN, you can catch those games there too. I always use the CBS All Access, the programming, the the production, really
0: good. So I know we started out kind of tough there, Jess, but does any of that news bring your spirits up a little bit?
1: Well, actually, you know, uh, I watched Michigan. I watched Michigan last weekend. I got to tell you, it was like Shades of Red Berenson. Those guys were really good. First, they laid a licking on on Wisconsin 8-1, to one, and then they shut them out two nights later. Michigan is definitely back, and that number six number, I think they're heading upward. They were talking about Michigan being a contender. Oh, heck yes. And the thing about Michigan, I, I have a kid on that team from my prospect park, Eric Ciccolini. He was a healthy scratch for the first game because – They've got too many forwards. They've got enough forwards to start two teams because they recruited really well. They have a great bunch of freshmen. It's like you're going to have to fight to get ice time on that Michigan team. They're that good. From right now, I think Michigan is really probably my favorite right now for the number one spot in the polls because they were just unbelievable. First against Arizona State and now against Wisconsin in Wisconsin.
0: You've pretty much covered everything I want to talk about in the show poll. I'm very happy to see Wisconsin and Michigan get some recognition for their incredible performances so far. Their spots will probably change in the next poll, but for right now, it's good to see where they've moved on. But how could we not talk about LIU's first win, man? I mean, what a great job by those guys. It's so easy to go down early in a game and never find yourself able to recover, and the game is over in the blink of an eye. But every single goal they scored, all three of them, came out of seizing an opportunity handed to them. Holy Cross gave them a shot, and they were not going to miss. And I don't want to say Holy Cross played a bad game here. That goal by Jake Papalardo to make it 2-2, what a beauty. Stretch pass, takes it himself, nice little spin move. I loved it. It was fantastic. But 41 shots on a team playing their first game, that's all credit to LIU right there, baby. That's heart.
1: Congrats to the Sharks. I couldn't be more happy for them. You know, it's even more mind-boggling is we're talking about a program that didn't even exist half a year ago. They've gone from absolutely nothing to fielding a competitive division one team. You're going from division zero to division one. Normally you start a team, you play division three for a couple of years, you move up to division two, and then you move up to division one here. They are playing against in the Atlantic hockey. Yes. The Atlantic hockey is the weak sisters of the NC two A's, but you put a team on the ice, a good team with a good coach, Brett Riley, the Riley, shall we say, I don't know what you want to call it, the Riley legacy is now in its third generation. That guy did a great job of recruiting, of building the program, and getting these players to believe NC2A Division I. Watch out. You've got a new team to watch out for. I love talking about LIU,
0: but I love talking about the ECAC. And next up with us is ECAC Mastermind and Daily
1: Gazette writer, Ken Shot. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it, Luke and Jess. Thanks for having me on. We got to find out from you because uh, you can't go 15 minutes without somebody dropping out of the ECAC. <laughs>
2: I'm surprised that there's still four teams left at this point. Crazy, crazy last week or so. Obviously, the Ivies uh, announcing last Thursday that they were uh canceling all winter sports which really didn't surprise us at all because I mean they were the really the first ones in the spring to cancel things which really set everything into motion and we ended up seeing the basketball and hockey championships canceled not only that but the entire spring sports season canceled so it was just a crazy time and yeah, we're seeing problems with football right now, both the NFL and college football, especially college football. They're scrambling, trying to get games rescheduled, and it's kind of tough right now. And the same thing with hockey, with yeah, obviously the Ivies and RPI, versus the two Capital Region teams who uh, yeah, canceled their season. RPI had not even really been practicing or working out. I don't think they even had ice down. They weren't practicing. The union was, to so a certain extent, they were out doing some. Work, and they were able to do some 515 stuff, non-contact, of course. And I think, yeah, you know, when the Ivies pulled we were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I'm really kind of surprised that the other four teams, or you know, Clarkson, Colgate, Saint Lawrence, and Quinnipiac, are still going to go on. I mean, what's going to happen? Yeah, you know, New York State decides, Governor Cuomo decides to have travel restrictions and having teams, you know, people from out of state have to quarantine for two weeks. You think Quinnipiac's going to deal with that? I, I don't know. It's just a strange situation. You know, hockey is supposed to start tonight. And we're seeing changes in the schedule already. And Vermont's already put on pause after hockey. East announced that it was uh, going to start the season. So it's if we get through it, it maybe until May before we finally wrap things up.
1: It's insane. Why are we bothering? I mean, I love my hockey. Don't get me wrong. I wanted to see UMass play tonight. I got a kid, Zach Jones, on that team. Really excited about. I was excited about UMass having a really good season, but I want my team to win the NC2A Frozen Four. By beating somebody, not being the last team out of quarantine. I want
2: teams to be alive at this point. I mean, I just, my, my concern is what if, some, if somebody con- contracts this and you know, unfortunately dies, what's going to happen then? Is the university face a lawsuit from the parents? That's my concern with this whole thing. I mean, they they want to play, 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 but what happens if somebody unfortunately dies from this?
0: What's going to happen then? It's something crazy. We're going to have to see how this all plays out. What do you think is the most likely course of action for the remaining teams of the ECAC? Do they find a new conference to take them in, or should we prepare ourselves to see the same game over and over again?
2: I think we're going to see the same game over and over again. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, you know, I can't see them getting the Hockey East uh, because they have their schedule. So Unless some Hockey East teams drop out, then maybe they merge that way. Uh, I don't think I'm going to Atlantic Hockey. That's because they obviously they have their schedule set, and we – And we saw RIT, uh, originally they were going to not have hockey, and I think that was a big blowback there. And then they relented and decided to have hockey when their other Liberty League Division III schools decided to uh, uh, cancel their season. I just think we're going to see a lot of conference games and non-conference games between the – the four remaining teams. I just, uh, it's going to look kind of weird, but somebody's going to come out of this emerging. If there's an NCAA tournament, they'll represent the ECAC. It's just, we have to it's just, the hand we're done with and We have to just watch it and just get through it. And then hopefully you know, we're back to normal next season.
1: I live out West and the PAC 12 for football has decided that if a team can't play, they can look out of conference. So I think you might wind up seeing schedule last second to get you in, just to get the games that, uh Arizona State is is now playing the non-counting Big Ten games at National Hockey Conference. They're in a bubble. And, and I'm surprised that we're not seeing somebody come up with a consistent plan. It's like Helter Skelter among the hockey conferences. With the ECAC, I mean I had the
2: idea, and I'm gonna to talk to Steve Hagel on Tuesday for my Party Shots podcast about. Was there ever talk about having a bubble? I mean, I think, you know, they maybe looked at the Times Union Center here at Albany as a possible place. I don't know if they would be able to do it or not, but or even Lake Placid. But if they could have done a, a pod or something like what, what the NCHC is doing or, or have several pods, I mean, I don't know if that was feasible or not. But uh, the whole point was moved because uh, the Ivies uh, opted out. So um, it's something I'm going to ask Uh,
1: Hagwell about. I want to be curious to see what his answer is. What I wonder is, when you look at conference travel, ECAC is one of the fewest travel miles compared to some of these other conferences. And it just seems like they jumped the gun, you know, boom, we're done. And and I really think they might have pressed the panic button a little too soon.
2: Well, ECAC obviously was you know, had to wait to see what the Ivies decided to do because that's half the league right there. And uh, once the Ivies decided, I mean, they could have had a six-team league, like I said earlier. RPI really has had not been practicing at all, and Union was practicing. But I think once RPI decided they were hanging it up, uh, Union would looked at it and said, "Is it worth the risk?" And uh, they decided that with the surge in cases, it wasn't worth the risk.
1: So, what happens with these kids? Some of them getting ready for their senior year a few weren't drafted, you know, they're free agents. How do they get themselves attention to possibly earn, you know, the interest of the NHL or even in Europe?
2: Well, for Union, Jack Adams was the, the main name out there. Yeah, he was drafted by the Detroit Red Wings. He blew out his knee in the uh, prospect camp a couple of seasons ago and then missed off last year and was expected to be the Dutchman's leading scorer this year. And with the end of the Union season now, it'd be him being a senior – uh, he's lucky to transfer summer because Union does not have uh, a graduate program where if he could take another course next year or he could have deferred his remaining uh, terms. Uh, Union's on a trimester format as opposed to most schools were on the, on the semester format. But Jack wants to play him. Mean, he's sitting two years with not heard of his development. So I think he's going to look somewhere else. He's in the portal. Josh Kosak, another senior, is also in the portal. However, he's been on finish up to get his degree at Union. And he's going to look for maybe another place to play next year. An RPI Owen Savery goaltender—that's a big loss. He's going to go to UMass Lowell. Some guys are going to be able to transfer, at least be in the portal. The thing is with this—if you get the transfer portal, and all of a sudden the other teams are starting to cancel their season, what are you going to do then? Yeah, it's nice to have that transfer portal there, but if you know other teams are canceling the season or they can't add you, what are you going to do then? That's tough right now. I mean, if you leave college, and go to Europe—that ends your amateur eligibility. So. I feel bad for these kids because uh, kids they've they, they worked hard all their lives. They want to play hockey. I mean, some of them might not get to that next level, but you know, to have it taken away like this, it's, 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 a, it's a shame.
0: Obviously, kids transferring now it has a very poor effect on these teams that have chosen to cancel their seasons. But what long-term negative effects do you think having canceled the season will have for all of these teams that have canceled and now we're down to a four-team ECAC? Well, long-term, I think it's going to really
2: hurt recruiting because right now you can't even go out and recruit. Uh, it's a dark period. I think I saw like till through April at this point, so you can't get out and uh, recruit me. and with Some of the junior teams are not playing this year. It's going to hurt the schools that don't give out the scholarships like a union, like the Ivy League, because uh, it's you're, you're losing players now and then you can't go out recruiting recruit replace these players. And now you haven't also – have to factor in that there's a new team in Long Island University, which won its very first game Thursday night in overtime against Holy Cross. So the effects of this is going to be long-term, and it's going to take a long time for schools like Union, like the Ivies, to recover. I mean, if you're maybe Cornell, you got the reputation, and maybe it helps you, but you look at some other schools like Brown and Princeton, not really big hockey schools, it's going to really hurt them.
0: Now, we do have four remaining teams left, but we've got Colgate, Clarkson, Quinnipiac, St. Lawrence – of those four teams, who do you feel the most confident in and who do you think has the most work to do?
2: Well, I like Clarkson and Quinnipiac because Clarkson was on the you know the team is on the rise and Quinnipack's always been a consistent performer. So I think those two teams, St. Lawrence still has a lot of work to do. I mean, they're trying to recover from you know some awful seasons the last couple seasons. And you know, Colgate, yeah, you know, Donnie Vaughn, great co chair for three decades. I think you're looking at Clarkson and Quinnipack to uh Maybe challenge for uh, ECAC supremacy this year.
1: It's going to be hard to come up with, you know, a 16-team field. I mean, we're we going to have when we get to the NC two As, are we going to have everybody from the Hockey East or everybody from the Big Ten because they're playing? You can't really have a legit Frozen Four or Frozen 16, whatever you want to call the tournament, with all these teams backing in and backing out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, with the
2: NCAAs talking about maybe having the entire men's basketball tournament in, in Indianapolis, you're talking about bringing 68 teams into Indianapolis and you know, playing games around the area. Can you do that with hockey if you just bring 16 teams to a certain spot? It's, it's a, there's going to be an asterisk to the champion this year. I mean, you can't help but say that. I mean, it's going to be interesting how they're going to formulate like a 16-team tournament with all the uh, criteria this year, and teams aren't playing the right number of games.
1: Long Island University. First time winners of the NC2A Frozen Four. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> or it'd be like,
2: the, be like the Vegas Golden Knights a couple years ago, first year, and they Young get to the Stanley Cup final. I mean, LA, you could be that, you get to the Frozen Four final in its first year.
1: I think, given the, you know, from what I've seen, the commitment towards Long Island University sports, period, that they're really serious about it. And I can see. A few years at, in the Atlantic, build up the program, its credibility. And yeah, I see them eventually in the Hockey East because the Hockey East would love to have a team that, that's in the New York metro area.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, being there and you know, the, the New York Islands getting a new facility at, at Belmont Park, I mean, it's a it's great time to be down Long Island. I mean, the Islanders have been play, playing well the last couple of years. I mean, you got to the conference final. This season against, uh, you know, against losing Tampa Bay. So yeah, Islander hockey back on the rise, uh, and after so many inconsistent years, and I mean, it just it's it's great. I mean, it's, I think it's great to have a team down there and to get some attention in New York City for college hockey. I mean, maybe one day we'll see a Frozen Four at the at the arena where uh, the honors will play. I don't know if you ever see that match at Madison Square Garden because it's probably too expensive to stay in New York City. But uh, if you stay out on Long Island, maybe we'll have a chance of seeing one uh, down there.
1: <laughs> With two Ranger fans on this podcast. <laughs> I'm a Flyer fan. So, ah, <laughs> uh, now I know the reason for your insanity.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> he hosts Parting Shots. Uh, he's the dean of the ECAC. Let's thank Ken for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Ken, for taking time out to talk to us.
2: Yes, Luke, my pleasure. Anytime, anytime, my friends.
0: Take care.
1: All right, you have a good one.
0: So that was Ken Shot, writer for the Daily Gazette, and ECAC mastermind Jess. What do you think?
1: I'm really sad to see the ECAC down to four teams. Yeah, they're good teams, but you can't play the same four teams over and over again. You got to play at least 20 games to really get contender status, and you have to have six teams to earn that automatic NC2A berth in the tournament. So I think. We're with more questions than answers when it comes down to not only the ECAC, but the state of Division One hockey. Period. In America, I think we got a problem for the season, and I, I I'd be shocked if we finish the season and not have the Division One tournament canceled again.
0: You know, it's nice to see that four teams want to persevere and want to keep the idea of having their season alive. It really makes me feel good, especially since one of those teams is my team. But it really makes you think if we're going to have the ability to make this sustainable. We've already talked about feeling bad for teams like Cornell and Harvard, the teams that have to sit out. What about the teams that start and might not finish? A team like Clarkson, who's right now a top 10 team in the nation. If they only get to play a few games, and then we have to pull the plug.
1: What does that do to them? That's terrible. These kids work their butts off. I don't think the fans really know how hard it is to be, especially you're talking an Ivy League school. You can't be a B student at an Ivy League school. They expect A's, and these classes aren't easy. And then you have to go spend two hours a day practicing or lifting weights and then study hall. These kids, and I think people forget, they're kids are putting in almost, you know, 18, 19-hour days to play hockey. And now that, that's that been pulled away from them. Yes, they still get to go to school. But some of these guys, they're quality players We're looking at NHL futures.
0: Well, another big thank you to Ken for joining us. And that's going to do it for us this episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Prospect Park for Jess, at Luke Lagrena for myself. If you liked this episode, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in Hockey Prospects. My name is Luke Legrano.
1: And I'm Jess Rubenstein. Again, we thank you for taking part of your day to spend it with us. Please be safe. Please have a good Thanksgiving. And we'll see you here next week.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Take care.